Chapter 18, Who? They emerged from the portal to find Kirby pacing for them, apparently anxious to continue. Looking around, they were surprised to see an urban environment. Wait, are we back on Earth? Marco looked around. We're not just on Earth. We're in Echo Creek. What are we doing here? Why would my mom be here? She turned to the hellhound. Kirby? Letting out another hollow bark, the skeletal dog started to trot down the sidewalk, clearly with a destination in mind. The teens hurried to follow after him. A few blocks later Kirby stopped, sitting down before a brick structure. Star looked it up and down while Marco read the sign attached to its front. St. Benedict Joseph Labrie Shelter for the Homeless? Why would your mom be here? Don't know, it doesn't matter, let's go. Star rushed through the front doors. Star. He looked at Kirby. Uh, go home? The hellhound has one last bark before vanishing in a puff of smoke, Marco chasing after his girlfriend. It didn't take long to catch up, as she was being held up at the front desk. Come on, please let me through, I need to find my mom. The secretary seemed unimpressed. I miss it, but some of the people here are in a fragile mental state. We can't have you just running around. But I need to find my mom. Star, hold up. He looked at the secretary. Can we have a second? Going to the side, he sat them both down in a couple of fold-out chairs. Star, we need to slow down for a second. Slow down. Marco, my mom is somewhere in here. I've been wanting to find her for months, and now we're just so close. So take a few moments to do it right. If we mess up here, who knows what could go wrong? RRR. Fine. We'll go slow. Dot. They went back to the secretary, Star more stomped than walked, Marco taking the lead. So, have you had any new arrivals in the last few months? She'd be a woman in her mid-forties, hair kind of silvery? I think I know who you're looking for. She'd be in the community room at this time, helping with a talk about substance abuse recovery. Thanks. And she dashed off. Star. Do you even know where the room is? Substance abuse recovery? That doesn't sound good. They ran through the hallways, Star almost crashing into people, Marco apologizing as he sped by himself. They came to a set of double doors labeled Community Room, which Star kicked open. Mom. The room was emptying out, whatever meeting that was being held just finished. People were stacking up chairs, chattering among themselves. Only a couple people looked up at Star's shout, and barely any attention was given from those. Stars sprinted from person to person, trying to find the moon. Mom? No, too old, too hairy, too young, too brunette, gasp, Mom. She quickly wrapped her arms around one of the people there. Oof, I'm sorry. Marco finally caught up to his girlfriend looking at the woman she had embraced. 
He had to admit, it was certainly Moon. Her hair was done up in a tight bun, and she was wearing an outfit not out of place on a school teacher, but it was definitely her. Two problems though, she didn't have her diamond cheek marks, and her face carried no recognition for her daughter. I'm sorry, my dear, but who are you? Star seemed to finally notice something was wrong pulling away. What are you talking about? It's me, Star. Your daughter? Moon gave a sympathetic smile. Oh, I'm afraid you have me confused with someone else. I don't have a family, or at least, none that I remember. What? No, this can't be right, I found you. Everything should be okay now. Star, come on over here. Marco put an arm around Star's shoulders, taking her to the side. Star, are we absolutely sure that's the moon? What, of course I'm sure. How can you ask that? Okay. Slow down. She clearly doesn't remember you, or me, or any of her history. Could that thing from the realm of magic do this? Uh, I suppose? I know that place can make you forget who you are, but I never thought this would happen. Why would that freaky unicorn do this? Send her here, wipe her mind? Why? I don't know, okay? I have no idea when it comes to anything magic. But we know people that do. So, how about we head back to my parents' place and crash for the night? Start again in the morning? But what if we lose her again? I can't have that happen. Star was close to tears at this point. Do you have a spell you could use? She seemed to consider it, before cupping her hands together, whispering into them. Hidden butterfly beacon. A small, almost translucent butterfly alighted from her hands, fluttering through the air until it started to slowly orbit above the moon. I'll be able to find her using that spell. Nobody but me can see it. Ah, uh, Star, I can see it just fine. That little butterfly, right? Why what? You can see it? Uh, yeah. It's pretty, well, pretty. Huh. Well, no one else is reacting, so I guess that's just another question. Star looked almost mournful towards the moon. I swear mom, we'll figure this out. With that, the two got up from their seats and made their way towards the exit. The walk to Marco's parents was done in silence. But they never let go of each other's hands. Chapter 19, Familia Marco stared awkwardly at the house as they got closer to it. It had been months since he had contacted them, even longer since he'd been last home. How were his parents doing? How was his mom doing with the pregnancy? Was his unborn brother doing okay? When they got close to the door, he didn't know whether or not to knock. Sure, this was his home, but he'd been away for so long too, so would it be polite or not to knock? Star's response was to simply kick open the door. Hello Diaz family. Marco's parents poked their heads out of the kitchen, first curious, then elated. Kids. You should have called. Welcome home. 
They came out and proceeded to hug the teens, though Marco had to come in from the side for his mom. Star was practically vibrating when she hugged Angie. Oh my gosh, how are you? How's the baby? How's it feel to have a baby inside of you? Wait, this isn't the first baby, Marco was first. How's it feel to have a second baby? Is it different from Marco? Angie squeezed the rainbow blonde girl. Oh, I missed your spirited energy so much. Tell you what, we were just starting to cook dinner. Come on in, take a seat, and I'll answer your questions. But only if you answer ours. Deal. And Star practically dragged Angie into the kitchen with her. Raphael put a hand on Marco's shoulder. She hasn't changed, has she, Mijo? Hey. Not in any way that really matters. His expression sobered up some. But, Dad? A lot has changed. Star and I have a lot to tell you guys. Hmm, sounds serious. Well, best take a seat then. Sounds like we have quite a bit to discuss. Dinner and the subsequent talks had gone over well. For the most part. While Marco had tried to be as honest as possible, he had omitted a few things, would you tell your parents your soul had been consumed? They had talked about the return of the monsters, I'm glad you managed to get your friends to come home, the rebuilding of the queendom, a little manual labor never killed anyone, finding Eclipsa and Globger, but how would they make things work in Dash Raphael, not in front of the kids? Eclipsa being crowned, wait, I thought you were the princess, and stars knighting, ah, like Elton John. And then we went to look for my mom, and we followed a hellhound, and that led us to a shelter here in town, and she's there, but she's not herself, and I don't know what to do. Star thumped her head down on the table, groaning in grief. Marco reached out a hand, taking one of hers and rubbing it. We'll figure this out, Star. You aren't alone in this. He missed the meaningful glances his parents shared. Angie spoke up first. Well, we have some good news and some bad news for you too. Which would you like to hear first? Bad news. What did she say? Bad news. Oh, thank you Marco. Well, in preparation for the little one, we converted the guest bedroom into a nursery. So your bedroom isn't available star. Hmm. Uh. She understands. Right. But, good news, your bedroom is still the same Marco, you can share it with Star. Raphael leaned forward in his seat. Do we need to have a talk about appropriate behavior? Star's head sprung up from the table, a deep red blush on her features. Marco imagined he looked the same. No. Nope. Nothing like that. Not needed. We're good. We're better than good. Yep, we're great. Mature adults here. New need for talks. His parents shared another curious look, Raphael arching a brow at them. So, how long have you two been a couple then? Marco and Star looked at each other, 
and then down to their linked hands. Instead of pulling apart, Star gave his hand a tight squeeze, which Marco returned, before he turned to his parents. For a couple weeks now. Ah, my little boy is growing up. I'm so happy for you both. Angie had a wide smile. Raphael came around the table, scooping them both up in a hug. Mijo, Mija. This is such a happy day for us. Ah, thanks Earth Dad. Dad, I need to breathe. Apparently his dad didn't hear him, or chose to ignore him, because he just kept squeezing. Good to be back. Night had fallen, and everyone was getting into bed. Star was currently changing in his, their, bedroom, so Marco was spending time in the baby's room. It was just so, surreal. He was going to be a big brother. He hadn't really taken the time to think about it. It was such a surprise to find his mom pregnant, and so far along too. She had mentioned she was 32 weeks now, only a couple months left, he didn't know the first thing about being a brother of any kind, how was he supposed to be one now? His thoughts were interrupted when a pair of arms snaked their way across his abdomen. Dollar for your thoughts? His arms settled over stars. Just thinking about parts of the future. Wondering if I'll be any good as a brother. You'll be a great brother. I can tell. What makes you so sure? Because, bad boy, I know how much you care about your family. How far you'll go for those you love. After all, you've saved me more than once. Please, you've saved me dozens of times. Heck, you even sacrificed the wand to save me from Toffee. Yeah, but I've been trained to fight. Trained to use magic. You've saved me from things that I can't fight with the wand, or with a sword. Her arms tightened around him. You were willing to give up your life here to come and be with me. You give me advice, even when I don't want to hear it. You saved me from my sadness, after Mina, and now with my mom. Marco turned in her arms, returning her hug. It's like I said before. I love going on adventures, but I love keeping you safe even more. Heh, softie. They stood like that for a while, just enjoying the closeness. You know I don't save you because I feel like I owe you one, right? I do it because I care about you. I know. And I care about you too. Hey Star? Yeah Marco? I know you've been through a lot lately. But I'm glad I've been with you this entire time. I can't imagine a life without you now. I don't want to imagine a life without you Marco. Love you. Love you too. Chapter 20 A New Strategy When the morning came, Marco woke up with Star next to him in bed. Considering how often it happened in Muni, neither could sleep well with all the nightmares, he hadn't thought much of it. Until he remembered they were back in Echo Creek. At his parents' home. In his bedroom. Marco wondered what he should do about the situation, then resolved himself. If they got caught, so be it. Not like they were doing anything.
Well, now he was definitely blushing. Star woke up soon enough, and with that came breakfast, we missed you sugar seeds, and shortly after were back upstairs in Marco's room. Star had managed to summon her wall mirror and hang it up, placing a call back to Muni. The call was answered, showing Eclipseth sitting at her desk feeding Meteora a bottle. Oh, good morning you two. So, how does the search go? Great and terrible. Star responded. Is Glossark there? Yeah. The minuscule instructor levitated out of the candy bowl. What's going on? So, uh, we managed to find my mom. Surprise! She's actually in Echo Creek, Marco's hometown. Well, that is most fortuitous. How soon will you all be returning? That's the thing, we can't come back yet. Mom isn't mom. Marco stepped in. We found her at a local shelter, but she doesn't remember anything. Not Star, not me. And her cheek marks had disappeared too. Oh my. Glossaric, any idea why this could have happened? Hmm. The instructor plucked out a candy bar and started to absentmindedly lick at it. No memories, you say? And no cheek marks either? Curious. H.M. Well, you can't move her yet. Why not? I need to bring mom home. See, that's the thing though, she's not your mom. Not really. Her identity has been buried, deep down. Come on, not the first time you've seen something like this. Meteora chose that moment to stick her tongue out, pushing out her bottle. Star's eyes narrowed, then widened. Heinous. Back when Meteora was heinous, she didn't have any cheek marks either. Correct. So mom's memories and personality are being buried deep down, probably by that darn firstborn. But why would it do that? Why erase her memories and send her here of all places? She looked at Marco, uh, no offense. None taken. Glossaric? Well, she probably thought she needed to learn a lesson. What, like she needed to be punished? Maybe. Maybe not. Star, what you have to realize is the firstborn is your creation which means you helped shape its personality. So, so this is my fault? Marco turned star to him. No, this is not your fault. Just because you made something does not make you responsible for all of its decisions. He's right, you know. Eclipsa moves Meteora to burp her. All parents realize this truth sooner or later. We teach our children all we can, but at the end of the day, their decisions are their responsibility. We must simply do all we can to make sure they make the right ones. Eh, I kind of think it's your fault, but listen to those two, they're sympathetic. Glossaric shoved the entire bar into his mouth, eating it in a single go. Whatever the firstborn's intentions, she's there now. Maybe just get to know the new her and you'll help her discover old her at the same time. Who boy, okay, 
get to know the new version of my mom, in order to help her get to know the old version of herself. Yeah, sure, no way this could ever mess up. Marco squeezed her hand. Hey, we can do this. She gave him a tight smile. Glosseric stares at the exchange. H.M., you and him finally got together? Well, if you two managed to pull that off, this should be easy by comparison. Toodles. Marco didn't know whether to blush or glare at the book elf. They found themselves later that same day back at the shelter. After talking to the secretary some, and more than a little apologizing, they found out about volunteer opportunities available at the shelter. Deciding to start small, they picked up rotations at the food pantry and the soup kitchen. It was during an orientation tour in the afternoon that they encountered the moon again. She seemed to be giving a lecture to two residents about fighting in public areas. After finishing and sending them both off, she spotted the teens. Star approached first. Uh, hi. Look, I'm sorry about yesterday. I have a habit of becoming overly excited, and I recently lost my mom. She and Marco had discussed it, and decided that'd be the story they'd stick to. Admittedly, it made Moon sound like she was dead, but it was a simpler explanation than teleported from a magical dimension by a seemingly all-powerful unicorn. Moon knelt down in front of Star. Oh, my dear, I am so sorry for your loss. I can understand, many people here have lost those close to them. She gave a small smile. How about we start over? Star wiped at an escaping tear. K. Star Butterfly. Moon extended a hand, which Star shook. Celine Maculinia. Chapter 21, The First Time Again. And so, they found something of a routine. Admittedly, it was kind of weird at times, since they were the only teenager volunteers most days, school was still in session, but they made it work. For times a week, they would come in the morning and help with the pantry. Marco knew that meant helping people get the food they needed, but seemed to forget about the fact they would need to restock afterwards. Quarried stone was heavy, but four boxes of canned goods weren't any lighter. Along with that, Sunday through Wednesday and Friday night was spent helping with the soup kitchen. Marco quickly found himself working in the actual kitchen, though cooking a meal for a few people was much different than doing it for almost a hundred. Star helped in serving the meals. While she was as energetic as ever, people seemed to enjoy her spirited and heartfelt greetings. The biggest adjustment was getting to work with Moon. Or was it Celine? He was still trying to figure that out. In some ways, the Moon was the same as before. She worked as a community organizer there, and so was busy throughout the day. She wore authority as a second skin, having no problem directing volunteers and residents alike, settling disputes when needed. When she spoke, people listened. However, he got to know another side to her as well. More than once she sat down with someone coming to the shelter and just talked with them, letting them air out their troubles. 
she be the first person to arrive at an event and the last to leave. Marco knew she was full of determination, but it was something else to actively witness it. He asked Star one time what she thought of her mom in these circumstances, and his girlfriend had to take a moment to respond. She's always cared so deeply for other people. She just can't do much because she has to think of all of them. I think this is the first time she's ever gotten to really help others one-on-one. -on -one. It was during their first week helping out that they were able to sit down and talk with Moon. Star was rubbing at her arms, working the sore muscles. Man, never thought I'd ever carry around 40 pounds of peaches. Moon chuckled some at that. You should have been here last month, we had bags of rice that rivaled sacks of concrete. Star laughed at that as Marco came over to join them. So, M.O., uh, Celine, how long have you been here? Oh, a few months now. I was actually one of those who came here for shelter. Woke up a few blocks away, no idea of where I was or who I'd been, only what my name was. People here were kind enough to take me in, give me clothing and food. Marco scratched at his chin. But, wait, how did you end up working here? Oh, well, after being here for a few weeks, a dispute broke out amongst some of my fellows. Matthew, one of our volunteers, had been cornered by Tiffany and Samuel, some of the shelter residents. They had accused him of stealing something of theirs, while he was proclaiming innocence. I intervened and was able to make everyone back down. Mind you, Matthew was indeed stealing and was thrown out as a result. Veronica, the building manager, saw what I had done and offered me a chance. Oh, 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 that Matthew sounds like such a jerk. Why, if I was here, he'd have been in a headlock. Star was pantomiming the moves she'd have used. H.M. Well, while I'm sure Tiffany and Samuel would have agreed with you, I doubt it would have solved much. Yeah, I know. Both he and Star caught Moon's approving smile though. Moon seemed to enjoy their company, and so the teens regularly tried to start conversations with her. They would talk about whatever random thing, from the current state of the weather, to what was on the menu that night. It got to the point where Moon had actually invited them over to her home. Well, that's the last of the restocking needed for tomorrow morning. Are you kids coming back tonight again? Marco flashed Moon a thumbs up. Yup, the menu was calling for tacos tonight, and someone in the kitchen caught wind that I made a pretty mean one, so I'm going to see what I can help them whip up. Star had started to bounce from excitement. Gasp, you're going to be making everyone tacos tonight? Eeeeeee. Wait. Won't you be making, like, an entire cow's worth of beef then? Nah. Half a cow. Oh. Much more manageable. Moon looked at her watch. Well, that's still a few hours from now. Would you both like to come back to my home? I can make us some tea, and I tried out a new recipe for jelly tarts the other night. Tea and homemade jelly tarts? I'm in. Say yes, Marco Sasses. Yeah, of course.
Yay! Turned out, Moon lived in a small studio apartment nearby. The building had been an old factory that had been renovated into an affordable housing project. While the space wasn't much, Moon had taken to decorating the space with hanging plants, filling it with a calming, earthy scent. Go ahead and take a seat, I'll just start our tea. The pair made their way to a couch, which they almost sunk into. Star let out a contented sigh. Now this is a well-broken couch. Where'd you get it? Oh, a local thrift store. Everything here, but the plants is from one. Have to be careful with one's money, after all. Yeah, I can get behind that. So, I don't think I ever had the opportunity to ask, but where are the two of you from? Oh, I'm from, uh, out of town. Place called. Muni? Muni? Well, it sounds familiar, but I couldn't tell you where it came from. When Moon busied herself with getting the teacups ready, Star excitedly shook Marco, whispering at him. She remembers. She kind of remembers. Let's not force it, okay? I hope milk and sugar are okay. Star releases Marco, turning around. Yep. I enjoy my stuff sweet. Oh, oh, or spicy. Wait, do they make spicy tea? Moon chuckled at that. My dear, if anyone would discover spicy tea, I believe it would be you. Star couldn't help her smile. And when Star smiled, Marco couldn't help but smile too. And so their lives had gone on. It had been almost a month and a half since coming back to Echo Creek, and they didn't seem to be any closer to having Moon recover her memories. Marco wasn't sure what else they could do. Star seemed split at this point. She clearly wanted her mom back and wanted her to remember her life in Muni. But Star and Celine had grown close during this time, working together easily. Star admitted to Marco one night that she hadn't gotten to spend as much time with her mom as she wished she could. One of the drawbacks of having your mom be queen was that Moon was constantly running around, trying to solve everyone else's problem, securing peace in the land. Star didn't get to have a lot of mother-daughter time as a result. This time at the shelter felt like she was getting back what she lost. It wasn't like Star had given up, just that she seemed to be treasuring what she did have. And Marco wasn't going to spoil that. Chapter 22, New Edition Come on Star, we're going to be late. Her shout rang from upstairs. Gimme a sec, hair this wonderful doesn't do itself. Shrugging to himself, he went into the kitchen, where his mom had taken up a seat, sipping at some juice while reading the newspaper. I know you kids came looking for Star's mother, but it's good to have you around again Marco. I'm glad to be here mom. Grabbing an apple, he started tossing it around. So, how much longer will we have to wait for my little brother? Angie rubbed at her abdomen. Oh, he's 38 weeks now, but it could happen any day at this point. Honestly, I think I'm ready, getting tired of not being able to reach my toes. Clomping could be heard from the stairs, 
star rounding the corner. Well, are we going? Waiting on you. See you later, Mom. Bye, Earth Mom. Bye, baby. I'll see you kids later. The teens went outside, Marco hopping onto his bike as Star settled behind him. They rode their way to the shelter, chaining the bike up and heading inside. They quickly found Moon, who was waiting with a list of inventory. Good morning, you two. Shall we get started? Sure. Yep. The morning passed by fairly easily. Marco had to help someone get a package of baby formula from the top shelf, and Star looked like she was practically powerlifting oatmeal, but these things happen. It was while they were restocking that things went sideways. Bzzzzt bzzzzt bzzzzt. Marco felt the vibration in his pocket, stepping to the side. Looking at his phone, he saw the call was from his dad. Answering, he held it to his ear. Hey, Dad. Marco, the baby is coming. Your mom and I are already on the way to the hospital. Wait, what? Which one? Echo Creek Memorial. Get here soon, Mijo. And the line went dead. Marco rushed over to his girlfriend. Star. Baby is coming. What, the floating cat? Why no? My brother is being born. Your bro your brother? We need to go. Well, use your scissors. I can't, I have no idea what the place looks like, and I'd need a clear mental image. We'll take Cloudy. We can't do that here, you know some of the residents would get traumatized seeing magic. Why are we still shouting? I don't know. Ah. They screamed in unison. Moon had heard all the commotion, coming over to them. What is all of this about? Marcus Momishevin Gababiend Vidant Nawadajet to the hospital, but we need to go nanana. Uh, what? My mom is giving birth to my baby brother, but we don't know how to get to the hospital. Moon looked at the two, assessing their state, before turning to one of the other workers. Nicholas, the truck keys. The man pulled a key ring out of his pocket, passing them to her. Follow me you two, I'll get us there. The trio made their way outside to the shelter's pickup truck, all three getting inside. Wait, Emo Celine, you know how to drive? It took a month, but it was simple enough to master. Shame I forgot it in the first place. Buckle up. The teens did as told, and soon enough they found themselves across town. Moon shared that she was well-versed in this route, as more than once she had needed to transport a resident over medical concerns. Pulling into a parking spot, Marco and Star practically flew out of the truck and into the hospital, coming up to the reception area. Star was jittery while Marco got information on where he should go, and shortly the three of them were in a family room of the maternity wing, Raphael waiting for them there. Mijo, Mija. So glad you got here in one piece. He looked past them to see the moon trailing behind. I'm sorry, you would be? Celine Maculinia. 
I work at the shelter, acting as a supervisor for these two. Ah, Miss Maculinia, of course, they've told us much about you. Marco had to avert his gaze, seeing Star do the same. They had told his parents about Celine, specifically that she was an amnesiac moon. Hopefully his dad wouldn't spill the beans. Thank you for making sure the kids got here safely. Of course, Mr. Diaz, they're quite the exceptional young woman and man. Raphael turned to the teens. Kids, I'm going back to mom. I'll try to come out to give you updates, but I make no promises. Hopefully, I'll only come out with good news. He embraced them in a hug. I love you both. Love you too, Dad. Pass our love to Earth Mom. I will. He left the room, leaving the three behind. Moon cleared her throat. This is clearly an important family event. I'd hate to remain and intrude, so I best dash. What? No, 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 you need to stay. Moon seems shocked by the suggestion. But I'm just dash. Please. Please stay. We need you here. I. I need you to be here. Marco put an arm around Star's shoulder, seeing she was feeling shaky again. Moon took in the sight of them, before nodding. Okay, I'll stay. I just need to call, let them know not to expect us back anytime soon. And so the three of them settled into the waiting room. Moon had tried to reassure them, but neither were in a mood for talking, so she settled for reading some old magazines. Star took to either pacing the floor or flipping through channels, though she flipped channels so quickly it was just a flashing mess. Marco just sat in his chair, praying to whoever was listening that everything would turn out well. The hours crawled by, causing worry to settle down on him. At one point Star came over, and the two simply held hands, rubbing each other's knuckles. Star's stomach growled aloud later into the day, but neither teen wanted to leave the floor. Moon volunteered instead, coming back with a couple trays of food from the hospital cafeteria. Marco picked at his food some, not feeling hungry. Star just pushed hers around her tray some, eating even less than he did. It was well into the night, sun gone and stars risen, when Raphael returned to the waiting room. He looked tired, but was wearing a smile. She's been born. Marco let out a sigh of relief, which flipped to surprise. Wait, did you say she? It's a girl? Raphael nodded, still smiling. A surprise, but a happy one. Before he could respond, Marco was quickly crushed by Star in a hug, getting shaken around. She was letting out a high-pitched, happy squeal. Yay a! Dropping Marco, she started to hop in front of Raphael. Can we go see them? Can we can weken weken? Of course, Mija, all of you can. Come on, this way. Raphael ruffled her hair a bit and led them through maternity. Star kept trying to stop and squeeze over every baby she saw, but Marco insistently kept pulling her along. 
His dad opened one of the doors open for them, and inside he saw his mom. She looked more exhausted than he had ever seen her, but she seemed more at peace than imagined too. In her arms was a tiny bundle, which she was singing to. Seeing that they had company, his mom gave a gentle smile. Mijo, come here. Marco closed the distance, and Angie shuffled the blankets a bit, moving to place it in Marco's arms. Meet your Hermanita. Marco looked down at the tiny face. It was flushed pink, eyes shut tight. Little tousled bits of brown hair poked out from the cap on its head. She looked to be sleeping peacefully. Please tell me you didn't go with Marco Jr. His mom gave a light giggle. No, we took your words to heart. This is Mariposa Estrella Diaz. Star curled an eyebrow. Who's named Estrella? Is it someone I haven't met yet? Marco shook his head, looking at her. It means star dot. Star looked from Marco, to Mariposa, to Angie, and Raphael. Raphael was the one who answered her unspoken question. You've changed our lives so much since coming to stay with us, Star. You've made Marco a better person just by being around him. And I hope you'll be a big sister to Mari as well. Star started to tear up at this revelation. Marco had to admit it was a surprise to him as well. His parents hadn't mentioned any of this to him. But seeing how happy Star was to become an honorary big sister, he wouldn't have suggested anything else. He stood up and walked to her. Would you like to hold her? Star looked at Angie and Raphael, who gave her an affirming nod. Nodding herself, Marco gently placed Mariposa into her arms. He'd never seen Star this gentle before. She leaned down to whisper to her. Hi, little guy. I'm Star. And you are amazing. She looked up from the infant to her hosting family. If it's all right with you guys, can I give him a Munian blessing? It's tradition when a child is born. Marco looked to his parents, who were seeming to consider it. Mom, Dad, if you guys gave Mari Star's name, I think she can be trusted to do this. Raphael gave Angie a light smile, nodding at her. Angie then looked at Star, giving a nod in turn. Star took a deep breath to calm herself. Okay, okay, here goes. By light of love you were conceived. Into this world you first have breathed. May every day you travel hence. Give chance for dreams to commence. And, and. Oh, how does the rest go? And should you ever forget where you stay? Power of love shall reveal the way. Star repeated the lines given, smiling down at Mariposa, then carefully returning the infant to her mother. It wasn't until then that she realized who had provided the lines. Slowly, she looked over her shoulder towards Moon, who had a few tears in her own eyes. And diamond marks on her cheeks. Celine? Mom? Moon opened her arms up. Star. My dear daughter, I missed you. Her first couple steps were almost halting, 
until Star launched herself into Moon's arms, tears flowing freely. Mom. You remember. You're finally back. Pulling back some, Moon wipes away her daughter's tears. Oh my love, I am so glad you found me again. Marco felt a gentle smile alight on his face. One family grows as another is repaired. Chapter 23, Catching Up Not much else happened that evening. Raphael and Angie stayed at the hospital, the mother and daughter requiring observation. Marco was going to head back home with Star, but she practically clutched at Moon, so all three returned to the Diaz residence. Apparently the emotions of the day had finally caught up to Star, though, because she practically fainted when they arrived. Marco and Moon got her to the couch, where she promptly fell asleep, resting on Man's lap. Marco asked if he could get her anything, to which Moon replied I have everything I need right here. So Marco went to bed, curious what the next day would bring. When he woke the next day, he went downstairs, busying himself in the kitchen. Mother and daughter had fallen asleep on the couch, so he figured a hot breakfast was in order. While putting the kettle on to boil, he called his parents, just making sure everything was going well on their end. Finishing up, he took the plates of food over to the dining table. Seeing his guests were still asleep, he took one of the plates over, bringing it close to Star. Sniff sniff, mmm, breakfast. Cracking her eyes open, she spotted the plate, then her boyfriend. Mmm, Marco. He chuckled at the response. Don't forget who you're sleeping on, Star. The rainbow blonde looked up to see the still sleeping form of her mother, whom she hugged. Mom, wake up. Marco has food. Moon stirred awake, taking in her environment. Giving a light smile, she brushed aside some of Star's hair, before everyone got up and settled around the table. Breakfast passed in silence, though not awkwardness, it was more the peace of a group who knew important things needed to be discussed. As plates were finished and put away, Moon took a sip of her tea before turning to the teens. So, how long has it been since my clash with Hainus? Star looked towards the ceiling as she counted. Let's see, there was the fight, initial rebuilding efforts, renewed efforts, coronation dash. Coronation? Yeah, I'll get to that. Uh, overall, maybe around five months? Oh my. Is everything all right back at home? Yeah. Of course it is. Well, things didn't start off so great, and we maybe had a few bumps here and there, but things are looking up now. I see. Well, start at the beginning. I wish to hear everything that has happened in my absence. Okay. Um, well, first I tried to find you in the realm of magic, so you could come back and fight Hainus, but we both know how that went. By the time I came back, she had already sucked the souls out of a lot of people. Including me. Marco provided. Yeah, including Marco. She had made her way to the castle and basically made it into a ruin, trying to claim her throne. 
I tried to fight her in my butterfly form and still ended up losing. Then Eclipsa showed up, took the wand, and used some weird spell against her daughter, and we thought she was dead, but instead it just made Meteora into a baby. Moon had a stunned expression, taking a moment to rub her temples. So, you're telling me that Hainus was turned into an infant and Eclipsa now possesses the royal wand? Yeah. Star, why did you let her take possession of it? The wand is a powerful family relic. Uh, yeah, of the butterfly family, which we aren't officially a part of thanks to the Commission and Shasta Can. So I thought it'd be a good idea if the person who rightfully owns it should get it back. Besides, are you really going to give Eclipsa a hard time at getting a second chance of being a mother? Moon let out a long exhale. I suppose if I did that, I'd be quite the hypocrite, wouldn't I? Fine. What else has occurred? Let's see, oh. We started to reconstruct the queendom after the battle. But it was very slow. Like, very slow. And I really didn't want to be acting queen anymore. It felt kind of fake, since I knew I wasn't actually royalty. Marco noticed Moon's features tighten, but she remained silent. So I decided to go and find Eclipsa. Try to restore her to the throne. Marco and I tracked her down and found her. And that led us to finding Globger, her husband. Wait, Globger is still alive? Yeha, turns out Rombulus had trapped him in the crystal too. So he and Eclipsa were raising Meteora together like a good family. And we talked to them and managed to get them to agree to come back to the queendom. But only if we could manage to get the monsters to come back. And then Tom showed up and we broke up again and then Dash. Wait. Please. Your plan was to put Eclipsa and her monster lover Dash. Husband. Right, husband, on the throne, and bring the monsters back from where they had fled? Star, the monsters being gone could have led to peace in all of Muni. No, it wouldn't. Muni is their home too, and the way we treated them was terrible. You know I've been trying to change things, and this was a chance to make things better. Sigh, fine, just, continue. Okay. So, we had to figure out where the monsters were, which was an entire headache, but during it I learned I could still do magic without the wand, and then we found the monsters, and had Globger and Eclipsa come and talk to them, which helped, and convinced them to come back to Muni. She paused to take a breath. So then we went back to the Queendom, and told people that the monsters were here to help, and Tom and Penelope arrived with their kingdoms to declare their support of the idea, which also really helped. So you not only helped organize the monsters to aid relief efforts, but secured the aid of two royal heirs towards the same goal? How? Oh, that was easy, they agree that not all monsters are bad, just like not all Mumin are good. So anyway, we started reconstruction in earnest, rebuilding the town for both Mumin and monsters, which we really need to come up for a better name for them, and things were going pretty well, 
and after a few months we managed to get Eclipsa and Globger coronated as the new queen and king. So someone once called a traitor and a monster now sits on the throne of the butterfly queendom? I can hardly believe it. How did your father react? Well, Papa wasn't too sure at first, but he and Globger have become friends. Mind you, they've mostly bonded over arm wrestling, but whatever works. Sigh, I guess that'd be one way to earn your father's trust. So, I take it that means I am no longer queen? Star? I'm sorry. I just really wanted to find you, and I couldn't leave the people behind as acting queen. And our people, all of them, need a leader. Eclipsa was wrongfully imprisoned and deposed. I just wanted to make things right. I can't condemn you for following your heart. Magic knows, if I followed mine more often, maybe half of the troubles you've faced would have never occurred. Moon took a moment to compose herself again. Has there been anything else? Um. When Eclipsa was made queen, she knighted me? Oh, and Hecapu is going to try and be nicer to her and Globger. Not sure about Omnitrax and Rombulus, but it's a start. Then Eclipsa gave me my first quest to find you, and I think you know the rest. Moon leaned back in her seat, contemplating her tea. Marco could understand some of the hesitancy. Moon had missed quite a few important events and was expected to simply accept them. And he couldn't help but notice that Star had left out certain details. Like how they were now dating. Or that Mina Loveberry had attacked her. He supposed she had her reasons. Moon broke the silence. Well, I believe I should get my affairs here in order. I wish to see this new future you've led our people in, and I very dearly miss my husband. Star gave a small grin at that. Okay. I'm gonna give Eclipsa a call, drop an update, then take a shower. Marco pointed a thumb towards the kitchen. I'll just get busy cleaning up breakfast. They each went their own direction, Marco soon finding his hands immersed in sudsy water. As he went to put the first dish into the drying rack, he saw Moon's hand waiting instead. Seeing no polite alternative, he handed it to her, letting her dry as he washed. She's hiding things, isn't she? Marco gave her a quick look before resuming cleaning. A few things, yeah. Why? Does she not trust me? I know she trusts you. She didn't mention you two have become involved. He felt a small blush form. We haven't been private about our relationship. I think she was just ready to have something just to herself. HM Understandable River often helps to balance me in difficult times. I can't say I'm surprised her relationship with Tom didn't last. Why's that? They're both incredibly similar. Driven. Passionate. Unfortunately, that meant that when they conflicted, tempers erupted. We all need balance in our lives. You help her with that. More dishes were washed and dried. Her hair is shorter now. And much more colorful. 
Is there a reason for that? Yeah. But it's not mine to say. Is she all right? Her heart, I mean. He washed the last pan, pulling the drain from the sink. It hasn't been an easy few months. But she's the toughest person I know. In Muni, or any dimension. That made Moon smile. She's lucky to have you, Marco Diaz. You're wrong. At Moon's puzzled look, he answered. I'm lucky to have her. H.M. Well, who says it can't be both? Chapter 24, Loose Ends Star came down after her shower, hair wrapped up in a towel. Hey guys. We should do the mirror call together, let Eclipsa know what's going on. I'm sure she'd love to hear from you mom. Any protest Moon might have mounted was lost at Star pulling her by the hand upstairs, Marco following along. In a few moments, the call was being placed, the face of Eclipsa looking at them over a scroll. Ah. Lovely, I haven't been able to talk to you in some time STAO. Moon, is that you? Yes Eclipsa, it is me. Memories and all. Eclipsa dropped the scroll, clapping her hands excitedly. Oh lovely. Good to have you back, Moon. Star, well done. Star gave a grin that went from ear to ear. Moon didn't seem so sure about Eclipse's cheer, but seemed to keep it to herself. So, when can we expect you back by? Sadly, during your brief absence, Star, more things have kept popping up, and I'd love to have you around to help. Moon, I have a few particular tasks in mind for you as well. Oh. I wasn't sure you'd have much use for me. Why would you ever think that? As a monarch of both distinction and decades' worth of experience, I could surely use your advice. After all, my own experience on the throne, short as it was, was not what I would call educational. Moon contemplated this. Very well. I guess it couldn't hurt to provide aid to the queendom. Excellent. Shall we expect you back tonight then? We could have the cooks prepare your favorite meal. Eclipsa said the last part in a sing-song tone. No, apologies but I won't be able to return tonight. That got her stares from both the queen and the teens. It's tradition here to give your two weeks notice when you leave your job, so they can start putting your affairs in order. I'll need the time to say my goodbyes, close up my home, and the like. Eclipsa was undaunted by such a detail. Of course. Sounds perfectly reasonable to do though I would recommend contacting your husband soon. Poor man has been worrying himself silly over you these last few months, just as bad as Star, really. Anyway, if that's all, I'll leave you three to it. Cheers. As the call disconnected, Star turned to her mother. Are you sure you can't come home tonight? Moon brushed a hand through her daughter's hair. I'm sorry, sweetie but I really do have to get things set here first. I know it wasn't fair for me to just leave you like I did, and it wouldn't be fair to do the same to the people here. Stop.
Star hugged Moon, burying her face into her chest. Um, K. Her head popped up. Well, then, we need to go to one place first. She turned to Marco. Squire, to quest by. Shrugging Marco took out his scissors and cut open a rift, the three traveling through. The rest of the morning had gone by routinely. Well, as routine as a morning star ever could. The trio had gone to quest by, where Moon and Marco had gotten portable communication mirrors like stars, and a larger wall mirror for the Diaz residence. Best part, they were only put in peril two times. Marco quite liked his mirror, it was square and a nice shade of Prussian blue, offset by a crimson crescent on its case. He didn't know why he felt drawn to it, but just went with it. After their shopping trip, they returned to Earth, where Moon went back to the shelter to announce her intentions, and Marco headed back to the hospital. Star seemed torn about who to go with, but Marco helped make the choice for her. Go ahead with your mom. Are you sure? I don't want you to feel like I'm abandoning you. He leaned in and gave her a kiss on the cheek. You're not. I'll make sure to tell my parents what's going on and say hi to Mari for ya. She gave him a grin and a peck on the cheek in return. Oh, Marco. My sweet little safe kid. Misunderstood bad boy. Hey. She gave another kiss before skipping over to Moon. Ready to go? I do believe so. Are we taking a bus? Marco held up his scissors. I have a way that's quicker. And so he opened a rift for them, before heading to his own destination. Marco's parents had been less than happy to learn that their son would be going back to Muni, especially since they had been hoping he could help with Mariposa. But why do you have to go back now? Star's mother has been found, and she can help with their kingdom. Queendom. Right, Queendom. My point stands. We're bringing your sister home today, and we want you to be with us, all of us. As a family. You guys didn't even tell me mom was pregnant until the baby shower. I've been making a life for myself in Muni. And yeah, Moon might be back, but I wouldn't just be going back for fun. I have duties there, responsibilities. Angie looked ready to argue more, but Raphael put a hand on her shoulder. Amor, it would be best if he went. What are you saying? Look at him. His heart isn't in Echo Creek anymore. And he needs to follow it. But Raphael, do you want to have Mariposa grow up not knowing her brother? Amor, Mijo is not abandoning us. Besides, he is a young man of fifteen, he'd be leaving to find his own way soon anyhow. Actually, Mom, Dad, I got something to help us stay in touch. It's back home, if you want to see it. Oh. I hope it's better than that portrait you tried to give us. Yes, it is definitely better than the portrait. Tada. Oh, thanks, honey. It's a lovely mirror. Sigh, okay, you three just wait here for a moment. Leaving his parents in front of the mirror, 
Marco dashed upstairs to his room, pulling out his pocket mirror. Call home. A few minutes later, he could see his parents and Mari. Both of his parents looked surprised. Marco? Hey, Mom. And no, I didn't leave, I'm just in my room. Oh my, so this mirror is a telephone? Basically, and the best part is, it works across dimensions, so you'll be able to call me no matter where I am. Here, let's test it. I'm going to hang up. In two minutes, press the red carving at the bottom of the mirror and say call Marco. Not waiting for a response, he closed his mirror and used his scissors to cut a rift into Muni, not the castle, just on the edge of a forest. Space Unicorn, soaring through TH. He flipped the mirror open, seeing the faces of his parents and brother again. Hello. Raphael seemed amused. Mijo, this mirror is something else. Wait, where are you? Muni. Hang on a sec. He hopped through the still open rift back to his bedroom. And now my bedroom. He closed the mirror, heading downstairs. So, now you guys will be able to call me wherever I am. The mirror already has my number and stars, I can help you put more in if need be. Angie rocked Mari some in her arms, looking at the mirror, then back to Marco Oh, my little boy is growing up. Come here son. The two shared a hug. Marco had to move not to squish his sister. Thank you for this. No matter what, know I'm proud of the man you're becoming. Things moved at a pretty quick pace after that. Moon gave her notice at the shelter, citing the fact that long-lost family had finally found her and that she'd be going back to live with them. The director of the building was happy about the news. Apparently Moon wasn't the first person to leave under such circumstances and was told we always love to see these happy endings. Whatever time Marco didn't spend helping at the shelter, he spent getting to know his little sister. Admittedly, Mari couldn't do much yet except eat, sleep, and poop, but he still liked to hold and feed the infant. He told his sister stories of his adventures and all the cool things he'd show her one day. Sometimes Star was around during those times. She'd add her own stories or want to hold and play with Mari too. And he would sometimes catch her staring at him while he cared for Mari. He couldn't put a finger on how she was looking at him though. Wistful? Dreaming? Eh, if it was important, she'd let him know. Most nights, Moon came over for a time, chatting with Star, Marco, and the rest of the Diaz family. She told them of her time living and working at the shelter, and even shared baby stories with Angie and Raphael, much to the embarrassment of Marco and Star. It was interesting to watch the moon during this time. He'd never spent a lot of time with the former queen, but he'd never seen her so at ease. One night, he decided to ask Star about it. Marco and Star were woken up by the sound of Luca crying down the hallway. They could hear the sound of one of Marco's parents, his mom, making their way to the baby's room. As they readjusted to go back to sleep, a thought struck Marco Haystar. Hmm. 
Do you think your mom will be happy not being queen? She turned over in bed, looking at him. What makes you think that? I don't know, it's just, well, I've only ever known her as queen. And she always seemed so serious, like she couldn't relax. And I know you told me she took the crown when she was young, like only as old as you. Yeah, grandma died when mom was only a teen herself. She was queen really young. So, do you think she'll be able to relax some now that she isn't? She kind of had her childhood stolen. I'm not sure. I bet she's going to freak out about the monsters living right in the queendom, but hopefully, maybe, after she gets used to it, she can start to relax some. And Eclipsa plans on having her help, which will probably help too. Maybe. Well, she has the most amazing daughter in the multiverse to help her out. Ah, you big softy. The two shared a light kiss before going back to sleep. And so came the day for their departure. Marco and Star had packed up their belongings in the morning and gone to the shelter for their last day of volunteer work. The food pantry went by at its usual pace, but the big surprise came during the nighttime soup kitchen, where it was revealed to also be a going-away party for Moon. A lot of people had been touched by Celine during that time, and they wanted to let her know. Marco could have sworn he saw Moon get a bit teary-eyed at one point. After it was over, the three went back to the Diaz house, where they shared parting words. Soon enough, a rift to Muni was formed, and the trio stepped through. Marco couldn't help but feel curious about what would happen next. Chapter 25 By Royal Decree It was night when they arrived in the foyer of Butterfly Castle, Marco always found it convenient how Muni and Echo Creek seemed to synchronize up in their time cycles. Most of the staff had gone to bed, so no one was there to greet them. Star practically dragged Moon along in her excitement, kicking in the door to the parlor she knew Eclipsa would be in. Guess who's back? Surprise followed with Star's proclamation, those in the room staring at them. Globger and River paused in their card game, while Eclipsa looked up from the story she was reading in Meteora. River immediately closed the distance. Moon Pie. The two gave a tight embrace and then started to kiss. A lot. Marco and Star decided to look anywhere, but there it was wise. Eclipsa gave a smattering of applause. Ah, how sweet, lovers reunited. I know the feeling. She put Meteora into a nearby crib. Moon, splendid to have you back. Moon separated from her husband. It is very good to be back, er, Queen Eclipsa? Oh, no need for titles from you, it's just Eclipsa, dear. Right. And you must be, hmm, Globger? The monster closed the distance, dipping into a small bow. A pleasure to make your acquaintance, Moon Butterfly. Oh, so articulate. You could give River lessons. River spluttered while Star snickered. Oh, I've tried. Most end in requests for tests of skill or might, though I have found few Mewmen who care as deeply as he. 
She covered her mouth as she gave a light chuckle. Well, I thank you for your efforts. At this, she turned to all assembled. If it would be all right, I wish to retire to bed with my husband. It has been a long few months for us all. Before you do moon, I wish to share a few words with you. Eclipsa turned to Star and Marco the both of you should get some sleep. Tomorrow will be quite busy for all of us, I'm sure. Star gave a nod, hugging River then Moon. Glad to have you back, Mom. She left the room with Marco, heading towards her tower. So, why do you think Eclipsa wants to talk to your mom? Star shrugged non-committally. I unno. I'm sure it's royal business stuff. Oh, probably bring up that royal adoption idea she gave to me. And maybe fill her in on all the stuff that's happened. I mean, we've been gone a couple months, and mom almost half a year, so it's a lot to catch up on. Right, right. So, bed? Ah, I was hoping for nachos. How about a couple tacos and cuddles? Oh, 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 tacos, nachos portable cousins. And I'll never say no to cuddles. The two shared a light kiss, heading down to the kitchen hand in hand. Turned out, Star was right in her guessing, as Moon filled them in on her discussion with Eclipsa the next morning. Marco looked around the table that had been set for them. Instead of the more formal long tables Marco had seen used, a circular table was being used including the previous and present butterfly monarchs, the previous and present princesses, and Marco. He felt a bit out of place, until Star hit his foot with her own, giving him a wink. Eclipsa looked up from some mashed corn she was trying to get Meteora to eat. So, I was thinking that today, we would announce your return to the Queendom Moon. Could even make it something of a public event, take you on a tour of the town, show you the changes. Moon seemed uneasy at the idea. Are you sure that'd be wise? You haven't even told me what I'd be doing for you, since I'm no longer queen. I'm only a butterfly thanks to your kindness. Well, I thought you could take up the mantle of royal advisor, act as my side. Royal advisor? That title hasn't been used in centuries. Globger chuckled and a monster has never been crowned king. Hmph. A fair point. Eclipsa gave a smile. I also hoped you would resume your duties with the commission, help them when necessary. But the butterfly queen has always traditionally held that role. True. However, Hekapu is still only warming up to me, and the other two don't trust me. I feel having a familiar face would help to set them at ease. Very well, then. When were you hoping to do this public presentation? Well, I was hoping to announce your return this afternoon, and an official ceremony where we name you royal advisor tomorrow evening. This all seems a bit fast, doesn't it? Oh, it is a bit fast. However, I believe having you back will help put many people at ease. After all, you're well loved by the people and have their respect. Ivgeny has been speaking well of you to the monsters as well, and they are anxious to meet you. Ivgeny? 
Mom, you know, Buff Frog? We stayed at his house? Oh. Right, of course. Wonderful. Well, I'm off to make preparations then. I'll see you all this afternoon. With that, Eclipsa picked up Meteora, and she made her way out of the room, Glogger following. Star and Marco shared a look, shrugging at each other. The announcement of Moon's return was a bit mixed. Overall, it went quite well. The local Mewmen were overjoyed for the former queen's return. The monster contingent was a bit more conflicted. After all, Moon's first distinguishing act as queen had been to injure Toffee and scare off a monster army. Still, Star had been excited to give Moon a tour of the surrounding town, showing off the recent construction efforts, the pair escorted by Marco and Evgeny. Oh, and over here we have a new hospital being set up. It's not nearly as clean as what you'd find on Earth, but the monsters have a number of all-natural treatments we'd have never thought of. And just past that is the library dash. Wait, the town didn't have a library before Hainus attack. Moon had been told how they were trying to keep Hainus and Meteora as different people. She seemed unsure about the infant, but again kept her peace. Oh, yeah, it was an idea I picked up from Earth. Plus, if we have a gathering place of everyone's stories, everyone can learn about each other faster. I see. Quite clever. Thanks. Oh, and this is what we're currently building. Hi, guys. The crew working on the building looked towards Star, giving grins and waves. A young woman in regal finery came over, a monster covered in slime matching her pace. Penelope, Stefan. How are things going here? Going well, Star. Lady Moon, it's wonderful to see you again. Likewise, Princess Spiderbite. And who is your companion? Hey, my name's Stefan, but most people just call me Slime Monster. I can see what causes the moniker. So, what is this building going to be? Stefan gestured with his arm. Welcome to the first butterfly orphanage. Indeed. Too many children fall through the cracks, with no one trying to care for them. We hope a facility like this will not only help, but show others what good it will do. Acting as an example for the other kingdoms. Very clever. And who suggested this idea? Oh, well, Stefan did. Moon arched a brow. Truly? Yeah, man. I'm an orphan myself, me and my buddies found each other and basically had to scavenge to survive. Not a fun way to live life. H.M. I know something about what it feels like to lose your parents. You have my sympathy and my support. Marco gave Star a look, the rainbow blonde practically jumping in excitement. Moon turned back to the teens and Ivgeny. Tell me, is there a homeless shelter being built as well? Star started to pull her mother along. Heck yeah there is, this way. The following day found Marco back in the Great Hall, again in ceremonial dress, though luckily this time not at the head of the room.
Star was beside him, in a uniform similar to his own, befitting her position of knight. At the head of the room stood Eclipsa and Globger, wearing their royal raiment, Moon standing before them. Moon Butterfly, you stand before us, former queen of the Butterfly Queendom and sitting member of the Magic High Commission. I ask of you, are you willing to give your experience and wisdom for the benefit of the Queendom? I am. Will you give your strength of heart and magic to the aid of its people, in both its defense and its growth? I will. Will you aid the queen and king, lending voice to the concerns of the people, and acting as consul when needed? I will. Then I hereby appoint you as royal advisor, with all of the privileges and responsibilities associated with it. Turn and greet your people. Moon did so to the cheers of the crowd. Star was clapping ecstatically, and Marco couldn't help his own grin in turn.